Hey, it's Tony Bruschi. When you're not enjoying the ghost stories here on this show, be sure to check out our true crime podcast called True Crime Today. Search it wherever you download podcasts. Myself, Carol Hughes, Stacey Cole, all discuss the latest in many true crime stories, dark, disturbing, and sometimes just plain crazy. Check it out. True Crime Today. Search and press subscribe wherever you download podcasts. Here's a preview of one of this week's episodes of True Crime Today. An 81-year-old woman and her daughter accused of poisoning, suffocating, and burning 87-year-old ex-husband. Two Arkansas deputies suspended one officer on administrative leave after a video posted of a violent encounter with a man outside of a store and an Omaha man accused of killing grandmother and great-grandmother and barricaded himself in an Iowa church. This is True Crime Today. Not only a tragedy for the family. It's unfathomable. Shot to death more than half a dozen times, likely with a shotgun by his own mother. True Crime Today. He then drove her body in her van about five miles away. Police say she put her newborn in a trash bag and threw the baby over an upstairs banister. A podcast that examines real stories in real time. Disturbing. He says she asked him to help her end her life. True Crime Today starts now. Yes, indeed it does. Welcome to the program. Be sure to press subscribe wherever you download podcasts. You don't miss any episodes of True Crime Today. It's uh, Tony and Stacey Cole with you on today's episode of the program. What's going on? Oh, I, <coughs> excuse me, just as we were starting. Um, you took a big toke right there, right as we were starting. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sounds like it, though, doesn't it? Um, yeah, big toke of ragweed. So I, I just decided to look up the, the pollen forecast mm-hmm. for my area. I'm in Wisconsin yeah. and it is 9.7 out Woo. of 12 hey, for you're, ragweed. You're up there today. That's exciting. Yeah. So like every now and then I feel like somebody's trying to choke me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some people might really be into that. Mm-hmm. I'm not. <laughs> God, it's God that's choking you because it's nature. So it's oh. it's God is essentially having um you know he's really kind of getting into I don't even know what that's called in in a, a sexual manner where people choke each other but oh he, what is what yeah what is that what is there's a word for it I think mm-hmm. I don't know what it is <laughs> but, I don't know he's trying to snuff me uh, out auto, it's auto, obvious autoerotic asphyxia I believe is the uh, yes. is the correct term so there's some weirdness going on there you got to say stop you got to say nope no more of this and then the ragweed will disappear that's how that works. Oh, I so hope so. I've tried so many different medications and I tried a new one two days ago and yeah. it's not helping. Uh, uh, nasal spray. I, I've tried that. Flonase makes me itchy, but uh, I was trying Nasacort, I think is what I've been using. Yeah, I'm doing Nasacort yeah. and uh, Loratadine and mm. nope. <laughs> nope. I, I was doing Allegra and Nasacort yeah. um, and then a Benadryl at bed. I mean, I'm... I need a bubble. I just need a plastic bubble. I live. I take a, a, a Mucinex in the morning and an Allegra and a Mucinex and an Allegra at night. They're both 24 hours. So I, I do overload them. <gasps> but um, but I tell you, I'm clear. <laughs> Dude, your body is just like, what's happening here? Oh, no, it's Houston. I've been doing it for years. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's that's an overdose. Well, there's, um, there's not anything. I've talked to doctors about it when I've said it and they're like, yeah, that's fine. It's like, there's nothing in there that's going to for real. Yeah. There's like, they're like, you're basically taking a prescription strength dose. I'm like, okay, cool. So 
Oh, maybe I need to look into a prescription strength. I, I've, I've talked to my doctor about it before and, and then they throw like inhalers at me and mm-hmm. I don't have asthma, but during this time, I certainly feel like yeah. things are <laughs> like I'm not breathing. Right. So, so maybe it's just time to do it every year. I, I piss and moan about this every August mm-hmm. and I really don't do a lot about it. So it, maybe this year, I, the the whole feeling of, of my throat closing and, and choking, that's new. <laughs> That's that, a, that's a yeah, new sensation. That's a, yeah. You should probably uh, figure something out there before that uh, that doesn't work out so well. And yeah, uh, I I agree. And you, I, and I don't, don't want to end up, up as one of our stories. You know, <laughs> you don't wake up someday and then they're like, well, it appears that she was choked to death, and then then your husband's on trial, and it's like, no, she talked about this allergy thing on the radio or on yeah, the podcast. Yeah, it was ragweed. And I'll, it, I'll, or yeah. is it a ghost? Yes, exactly. And then there'll be something really weird that points to him having done something. It's like, no, just because there was a candlestick next to the bed doesn't mean he killed her. It's allergies. What's the blood all over it? I don't know. It it turns out it's like ketchup or something and they never do the DNA test. Then the guy gets tested. The DNA tester goes uh, on another trial later and they catch him. And it turns into that whole like the staircase thing. Uh, where uh, the the DNA tester really turned out to be completely bogus. That's what, what are could we fucking do about happen. your imagination, man. That's what could <laughs> happen. So get some fucking allergy medicine. Otherwise, yep. your husband's going to go to jail. Just saying. <laughs> I just need to protect him. That's 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 what this the is reason. About. It's not about allergies. <laughs> it's about protecting him from jail once you die from allergies. So yep. Think about the future. I believe the children are the future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all it, man. the beauty they possess inside. You nailed it. Uh, 81-year-old woman and her daughter accused of poisoning, suffocating, and burning an 87-year-old ex-husband. When they're the ex-husband, can at some point, this is where you just kind of got to let it go. I feel like, okay, yeah. you're the ex. You're gone now. But I, I wonder what the whole whole story is because this, this seems rather rageful. This isn't just a, oh, I, I accidentally pushed you and you fell off the stairway. Uh, you know, in a, some sort of fit of rage or argument, like, oh, shit, they died. Uh, this is a pretty serious one. Uh, a Lewiston mother and daughter. Uh, where is this? This is from the Lewiston Tribune. Uh, where is Lewiston? I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. Well, you figure that out while I read this. A Lewiston mother that. and daughter who have been charged with first-degree murder for their alleged plan to poison and later suffocate 87-year-old Kenneth Morrison made their initial appearance today before Magistrate Judge Karen Subert in the 2nd District Court appearing by Zoom uh, at the Nez Pierce County Courthouse in Lewiston. Both Kimberly M. Morrison, 54, and K. M. Morrison, 81, were held in $1 million bond. The maximum penalty for the charges are life in prison, or the death penalty, and or a $50,000 fine. That seems like a rather <laughs> weird one, where it's like, you might die, or 50 Gs, which is, <laughs> it's like hosted it's by... It's like they couldn't decide, you know, yeah. we're, we're going to kill the person, or just $50,000. Like, what do we need right now? We really need a new copy machine in the back room, and there's the air conditioner's kind of going shitty, and I know we really want to replace that Dr. Pepper machine, too. Let's, yes. just, let's just get the 50000 and let them go. What about, that should cover it. Yeah. By the way, Lewiston is in Maine. Okay. According to the probable cause affidavit associated with the case, an investigation allegedly showed the two played a part in drugging, suffocating, and burning the body of Kenneth Morrison in their home, uh, leading to first-degree murder charges. 
uh, Kenneth Morrison is father of uh, Kimberly Morrison and the ex-husband of Kay Morrison, according to a news release from the Lewiston Police Department. It's a dark day in our community when people do this to their own family. Nez Pierce County Prosecutor Justin Coleman said in a news release distributed by his office. He was also present in the courtroom, a Zoom hearing for the initial appearance on behalf of the state. This was a long-term, coordinated plan on behalf of the defendants that included attempts to poison the victim, which eventually led to him being tied down and suffocated. He said it just like that in the news release. According to the probable cause affidavit, the investigation began with a welfare check March 20th for Kenneth Morrison, requested by his son, who lives in Vancouver, Washington. The officer went to the Morrison residence at 1135 Hearst Road in North Lewiston and spoke with Kay and Kimberly Morrison. That address should be on uh, somebody's radar if they're going to look for buying a house because I think yes. that'll, that'll end up with dyed-in house. Uh, both lived there. Kay Morrison allegedly told the officer that Kenneth left the residence the first week of January uh, and his vehicle was found at the uh, Lewiston-Nez Pierce County Regional Airport. Kimberly Morrison allegedly told the officer that Kenneth Morrison left in February. The officer noted that when Kay Morrison spoke about Kenneth Morrison, she used the past tense. The case was forwarded to Lewiston Detective Joe Stearns on March 29th. During the investigation, uh, Storms obtained a search warrant for uh, text messages from the cell phones belonging to Kay and Kimberly. According to the probable cause, it became obvious to Storms that the women were planning with each other to poison Kenneth Morrison with prescription medication without his knowledge. Good idea to text that back and forth. A, te right? a text message began October 4th, 2021 through April 5th, 2022, according to the probable cause. Some of the text messages stated in the probable cause include statements such as, you can say this is the last day he has to see me. Oh. Won't be a lie. And just stay calm or we're both going to end up in trouble. Text messages also included alleged references to a big sleep, giving pills. <laughs> That's good code there. Big sleep. Good Lord. <laughs> that doesn't uh, insinuate death or anything. Giving pills and how many pills were left uh, allegedly purchasing a substance, possibly liquid morphine, and bringing zip ties and tape. Yeah, that's going to look suspicious. <clears throat> where are you getting liquid morphine? Uh, I don't know where you would get that. Maybe if you have a, you have a friend that's a vet or something. <laughs> Oh, by the way, I do need to correct something. I just looked this up. It's Idaho. So there's several oh. Lewistons around, but this one with that airport that they mentioned, this one is Idaho. So I don't, I don't know. Okay. It does. I guess it doesn't really matter, but these are some sick people. There are also text messages between the family member and Kay Morrison asking about Kenneth Morrison, where she says, what's with all the questions and another text message between Kimberly and Morrison uh, and an unidentified individual on December 27th, Kimberly Morrison allegedly asks where she could have a bonfire <laughs> where I won't be in trouble or have authorities bugging me, according to the probable <laughs> cause. A bonfire is not going to get rid of a body. I'm sorry to break it to you, Kimberly. No, you need high heat. The document also included a text conversation between the area agency on aging and Kay Morrison, where she allegedly stated that Kenneth Morrison has dementia and Alzheimer's, and has shown some aggressive behavior. Kay Morrison allegedly texted that she was very concerned that it's getting worse, according to the probable cause. She also told the agency she was looking for a care facility to take Kenneth Morrison. The Lewiston Police Department FBI evidence response team, Idaho State Police, and Quad Cities Drug Task Enforcement were involved in a search warrant conducted at the home Tuesday in Kay and Kimberly Morrison 
were detained for questioning and taken to the Lewiston Police Station. The agencies collected evidence, including cell phone records, such as text messages from Kay and Kimberly Morrison, bank statements from Kenneth Morrison, a wheelchair, car hood, and roaster bags. What? A car hood and roaster bags? <laughs> what what the- is going on? And I need a, I got, I got a car hood and roaster bags. That'll be. I mean, are you thinking of making a turkey, or was this for Kenneth? Or are they, are they thinking that you do, a, you put a roaster bag around Kenneth, or a lot of roaster bags? You're gonna really. <laughs> well, and those bags aren't that big. I mean, no. that's, and and I just, I want to get this out there to the public. Um, I just looked up what is the heat required to burn a body. So oh God. now I'm You're on the list. radar. You're Thanks on a, list. a lot. But it's 14 to 1800 degrees Fahrenheit. So a bonfire ain't going to cut it, sweetie. Can you do an at-home uh, cremation? Is there a way to create heat no, of that nature? No, it takes hours like at a, that heat. Like a pizza oven even wouldn't do it. If you even had like an outdoor pizza thing where you nope. stone, where you can make a pepperoni on the side of Kenneth. Storms yeah, have uh, a bit of a smoky flavor to it. That would uh, that would probably put a really weird. It'd be hard to get that flavor out of the oven too. Yeah, It'd be like mm, a little fleshy. Uh, Storms <laughs> interviewed Kimberly Morrison along with the Lewiston detective Cody Bloomsburg. During the interview, Kimberly Morrison allegedly confessed that her mother was giving her father uh, lorzepam and liquid morphine without his knowledge. Kimberly Morrison allegedly said Kay Morrison had been giving Kenneth Morrison lorzepam for years to mellow him out. She said they allegedly began to increase the dose before New Year's. Kimberly Morrison also allegedly said that they got some liquid morphine, put in Kenneth's tea, according to probable cause. While the two detectives were questioning Kimberly Morrison, some uh, storms received a text from Sergeant Nick Eiler stating that Kay Morrison allegedly confessed to putting a bag over Kenneth's head when he was tied to a wheelchair, according to the probable cause. When uh, There's our bag. Yeah, they found a way to use that roaster bag. When Bloomsburg told Kimberly Morrison her mother allegedly confessed, Kimberly Morrison allegedly replied, of course she did, according to the probable cause. <laughs> These two are not good at, uh, at, at hiding anything. Kim- no, they're not. Kimberly Morrison then allegedly told detectives she taped Kenneth Morrison's arms and legs to a wheelchair and Kay Morrison allegedly put a bag over his head. Kimberly Morrison allegedly told detectives the bag was either a garbage bag or a turkey roaster bag. She had allegedly told Kay Morrison that a grocery bag wouldn't work because it was too porous. Well, it's good that she, you know, thought this through. And it's a fucking grocery bag. Uh, She and her mother discussed what type of bag to use and experimented by placing grocery bags over Kimberly Morrison's head, according to probable cause. Good Lord, people. What do you think of this one, honey? Uh, That can breathe a little bit too good there. According to probable cause, Kimberly Morrison told detectives that Kenneth was killed January 6th in the back bedroom of the home. I guarantee it was the six. I'll never forget the day. Kimberly Morrison said when asked to verify the date during the execution of the search warrant, a cadaver dog gave an alert in a room. Kimberly Morrison said Kenneth Morrison died in after Kenneth Morrison was dead. Kimberly Morrison allegedly said she wrapped his body in a canvas drop cloth and stored his body in a large shop outside the residence because she didn't want her mother to have to deal with the body inside the home. Now, that'd be too much of a mess now, wouldn't it? Kimberly Morrison allegedly told detectives the body was in the shop for a day or two before she placed it on top of a car hood, using it as a fire pan. That's how the car hood comes into place. Oh. She put wood around the body and set it on fire. She allegedly said that she didn't get rid of the ashes 
but continued to light more fires on top of it over time. According to the probable cause, Eiler and Detective Brian Eckerson interviewed Kay Morrison at the Naz Pierce County Jail, and she allegedly corroborated the matter Police and placed an approximate time in which Kenneth Morrison died. The two have a status uh, conference hearing on August 29th and a preliminary hearing on August 31st. Kay is being represented by a public defender. Uh, Kimberly Morrison is being represented by another public defender as well. Uh, I'd like to understand motive here. Because that, you know, what, what was the purpose? Was he was he a burden to them? Was he did he have some money? All I'm getting is burden out of this story, because that's all that's really been expressed is that he had dem- allegedly had dementia, which may or may not be true. But then, yeah, you if, if you can't afford it, then they become uh, uh, is it warden of the state? Is that uh, burden of the state or whatever? I don't know what the term is. It's something of that where they can go into like state nursing care. You know, it's not, you know, little hacienda where you get margaritas and you play bingo 24 seven. It's, you know, kind of a shitty nursing home, but it's not burning alive on a car hood. Yeah. And that's, I mean, this story is just, it's just gross. I mean, you know, you can, you can take him somewhere and, and be done with him if that's really what your purpose is. You don't have to do what you just did. I the other part of this, I want to know uh, where are they getting that liquid morphine? Where were they getting the lorazepam? I mean, these are very controlled substances um, for very specific reasons. Mm-hmm. So you know, doing a little drug trafficking. There's a lot going on here. Is it difficult to get that sort of shit if you just tell a doctor like what the symptoms like if you know that what would be treated with that? If you I to, think so, because it, I've I have um, an L4 L5 disc injury mm-hmm. and I have to fight like a motherfucker to get any pain medication. Yeah. And they've seen it on an MRI. And I I actually went to the doctor after my injury. So it's all well documented. And every time I'm there, they're like, yeah, that must really be uncomfortable. Yeah. But then why won't you refill my pain meds? Yeah. Yeah. So, it, you know, for people who legitimately have pain, it is very difficult to get medication, which is probably why in this story, I'm like, wait a minute, where are you getting this shit? Well, Not that I would want it. You're but- going the legit route. I, the, the thing is, there's plenty of non-legit doctors out there, you know, yeah. operating out of the side of a mini mall in you know some shithole town that the only thing that's open is the doctor's office and the pharmacy everything else has been shut down and is rotting away those places exist so i'd imagine if you knew where to go get something like that you probably could but yes from a you know your regular you know physician yeah they're they're going to be very uh, very cautious on that so i'd imagine there's no, ways and I, of I think doing you're it. right that's i've been i've been going through the proper channels yeah. and because of people like this, like, you know, this mother and daughter, yeah, the people who legitimately need pain medication really struggle to get it. And, yeah. and I don't take it anymore because it's just it's easier for me to live with the pain mm-hmm. and to find a way to deal with it yeah. than to jump through the constant hoops because of what people like this do. So sure. Sorry, I got on my soapbox a little bit, but it just really irritates me. Well, it's probably, a lot. I mean, it, uh, the, some of the worst pain I've ever been in was getting off of some of those drugs. Yeah, those can, yeah, they can be really difficult. I was on morphine for a couple of years, actually. My goodness. Right after the injury. Yeah. And uh, we flew to Hawaii 
on our honeymoon and I forgot the bottle. Mm -hmm. So that was my way of getting off of it was cold turkey because you can't just show up somewhere and go, hi, can I have some MS content, please? Mm -hmm. No, nobody's going to give you morphine. So you got to find it wasn't something that they could call in. You have to have a written prescription. And yeah, so I went off of it cold turkey. That was quite the experience. Yeah, so you you showed up at the luau and you're like, can I get some of that over there? Is that next to the pig? With oh, the, I was uh, just ready. Put me on the spit. Yeah. Put me on it. You know, <laughs> like, take the pig off. Would you like put some? Me there. Would you like some pork, Stacy? I don't want any fucking pork. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like that. <laughs> what is it with you and porks and these fucking chickens? Then you grab like one of the Hawaiian chickens and bite its head off. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, um, we we think you should probably leave this. This is a family luau. And uh, yeah, I yeah. hate kids. And then, yeah, that way you threw the chicken body at the uh, toddler. That was a bit over the top, but just a bit, just a bit. You but know, yeah, but you it's, know, it's tough. It's uh, it, it, it's what happens when you're in pain. This is another fucked up one. And then when I l- watch this video, I was just I mean, I'm cringing. Oh, my God. Because it's like. What the fuck is wrong with you of of all of the things that we've seen and all of the things that we know about uh, police brutality? Yeah. And, and is it, you know, how rampant is it? How not rampant is it? I'm not here to argue that point. But the thing is, Jesus Christ, you you got the guy restrained. How do you not? You're in a fucking parking lot. How do you not think you're going to end up on camera? Yeah. How dumb are you? And th- th- this is really, I-, I guess the question is more so of that is how dumb are you and why are you the one that's supposed to serve and protect us? Because clearly you're dumb enough to do this shit on camera. What other dumb shit are you capable of doing when in, in the name of the law? I- I'm just and baffled. I, you know, as, as a person that is white, um, I've never feared the police. That's not, you know, you turn a corner and you're, you're speeding a little bit and you see a cop and you're like, Oh shit. That's the kind of fear that I have that, Oh Mm -hmm. crap. I'm going to get a speeding ticket. I've never feared for my life, but watching this Arkansas, these deputies beating this person, like grabbing their head and slamming it into the ground made me gasp. I mean, not that, um, that George Floyd's, video didn't make me gasp as well. Yeah. It certainly did. But I, I looked at this and I thought, these are monsters. Yeah. I mean, I, there's really no other way. I I don't understand the reasoning it, for them to be doing what they did. No, I mean, it's just way over the fucking top. And it's one thing if like, yes, we were chasing him. Great. You got him down. He's clearly restrained. You have tasers. You have handcuffs. It, it, it's not when you get them restrained, it's not time to do brutality shit on this this person. It's time to get them cuffed up, get them in the back of the fucking car, and move on. It's not beat the shit out of the person because you hate your life. Um, and police deal with tons of horrible shit. I get it. I have family members who are. And I yep. heard the horrible stories, and they see the worst of the worst. So, you yep. know, it, me as a human being knows I could never be a police officer because that shit would build up, and I can understand where, as a living human being you may lash out at some point at somebody uh and do horrible shit like this not an excuse not okay to do whatsoever but that's where you have to be the judge of your own control and say i can't do this anymore because i can't control it 
But I think so many of these people are just so, you know, power hungry. They think they can do whatever the fuck they want because they got the badge on. And then it ruins the reputation of the other 99% of police officers that are decent and good human beings. But you got these fucking yokels that do this short sort of shit. What pisses me off the most is that that departments never want to take fucking accountability. I mean, if we could just see more of that, if they could just say, these are fucking horrible human beings, we're not going to stand behind them, they're fucking done, and we're going to prosecute them. If you had more of that, that's how you get trust back in the police. It's not let's go hide behind our fucking cars and our buildings and everything and not say shit to anybody about anything. That's how everyone hates you and doesn't trust you. But if yeah, you start and I, saying- I do understand where you're coming from. They They did say- yeah, there is a process they have to go through. They have to investigate this whole thing. But it's, it's now so stupid. if if they decide that the officers didn't do anything wrong and will not be fired or jailed, yeah. then you've got a fucking problem. Well, this the problem is they have to do investigations. They're internal investigations. Yeah, that's where it's like, yeah. So why don't you ask the criminal that you just arrested to do an investigation between him and his friends and see how how the crime went down, and then yeah. we'll take we'll take their word for it too. It's like it's it's so asinine and it just seems so simple to fix this shit. It's just common sense. It's like, let's let's weed out the shit. Let's admit to our faults and let's fix this. Let's get trust back. There's no reason it has to be so that people have to have this horrible feeling about police officers. And many people don't. But when you start seeing this shit and this is what gets publicized, the good stuff you don't see. But for the love of God, when these things happen, why are we not? making an example of these horrible human beings. So this shit doesn't continue. I mean, same with that, um, with the Uvalde school shooting. It, yeah. it's, it's still just like, well, we're not going to say anything about this or that. You know, fucking 500 people and you didn't go into a goddamn building because yep. you're afraid of a teenager with a gun. So instead, all these kids are dead and you all fucking stood there. Where is somebody standing up going, you're all fired and we're going to prosecute you. We don't fucking care. And you made your decisions and now you have to live with them. This is the story of two Arkansas deputies suspended and one officer on administrative leave after a video posted of a violent encounter with a man outside of a store. Uh, and, and if you watch it, you're going to feel the same way. It's just fucking insane. It hits you right in the gut. It's just there, there's no question that this is to me. Over it, the this top. is worse. Well, ugh, I don't want to say that it, it's it's along the same lines of George Floyd. Yeah. George Floyd's video was like nine minutes. This one is 34 seconds. And in this 34 seconds, what they do to this person is just, it, it really gets your, gets you in the soul. I mean, yeah, he's clearly, I watched the whole nine minutes of George Floyd. It was just beside myself. I, I couldn't imagine doing that to another human being, basically snuffing the life out of them. This one is a very violent assault. Yeah. It, it's not the job of the police to uh, be the jury of the crime. No, uh, and and it seems that they take it on sometimes like this, where okay, you got the person restrained, your job is done now. Now you need to get that person behind bars. It's not let's keep beating the shit out of the person once they're restrained, and that's what seems to happen here. Three Arkansas. Well, and it, I think also this person has a, a mental incapacity. Yeah, there was somebody screaming that too. Yeah, that he needs his medicine. Yeah. So you know, again, we get back to. What is are the police able to deal with things appropriately 
you know, we send them out to deal with domestics and, and things like that. Do they have the tools that they need? You know, if you're going to be dealing with people who have mental illnesses and become violent, do you have the tools to deal with them so that you can at least properly restrain them so they don't hurt you or someone else? But do you have to beat the living shit out of them to to make it happen? That's the thing. I don't think there's proper training in a lot of places, especially when you get to Podunk, Arkansas. Um, And, 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 you know, larger departments and such, there's probably more resources for that. But some of these towns, it's like, we just need police. Oh, you you have a, you, you don't have any records and you have a, a, a pulse. Okay. Welcome to the force. Three, and that's Ar- unfortunate. Three Arkansas law enforcement officers have been removed from duty and are facing state and federal investigations. Officials confirmed Monday after a bystander video captured at least two of them punching and kneeling on a suspect during an arrest. At one point in the 34 second video recorded Sunday, one of the officers also lifts the suspect head and slams it into the pavement. Again, he's already restrained. Yeah. A Crawford County Sheriff's Department Facebook post identifies the law enforcement personnel involved in the sheriff's uh, deputies, Zach King and Levi White as the officer. The riddle of the Mulberry Police Department. Uh, I don't know. Officer... Oh, Thel, I'm sorry, Thel Riddle, that's the name. I thought it said The Riddle. Thel Riddle, I'm like, like, was was there a riddle here? Thel Riddle of the Mulberry Police Department. (laughs) And it sounds like such a Mayberry-ish town. Welcome to Mulberry. CNN has reached out uh, to the deputies and the officer. The deputies are not rookies and have been in law enforcement for some time. That makes it even more comforting, doesn't it? While the Mulberry officer has uh, been in policing for many years and previously worked for the Sheriff's Department, Crawford County Sheriff Jimmy DeMonte uh, De told reporters Monday they are suspended with pay. Well, and that's, that's again, you know, that's innocent until proven guilty. You're on video Hopefully doing they aren't it. going to be paid for years and years before it comes down that that they actually investigate this and and it's it's very clear what's going on here but yes innocent till proven guilty but you're on camera doing something and it's clear what you're doing that's like well, and don't forget they they were one of the officers decided to go off on the person who was filming like stop filming this yeah yeah to me that is an admission of guilt why are you pissed off that somebody is filming this yeah i i was an emt and firefighter for a little bit and people film things all the time yeah and you know you arrive on scene and people have their fucking cameras out their phones they're filming everything you do shouldn't it be more of like strive to be like let's they're filming let's give an example of how good police work is done rather than get the fuck away from me because i know what i'm going to do is kind of shady or fucking criminal yeah. The U.S. Attorney's Office for the Western District of Arkansas confirmed it is open to federal civil rights investigation. The FBI Little Rock Field Office and the U.S. Justice Department Civil Rights Division are also investigating, according to the statement from the U.S. Attorney's Office. The video, which was posted on social media, shows the officers restraining an individual identified uh, by state police as Randall Worcester, who's 27, of Goose Creek, South Carolina, near a curb outside a business. One officer throws punches at the person's face and slams his head to the ground, while another knees on the individual in the side and back. So they've really learned a lot. A woman who is not seen in the video says, don't beat him, he needs his medicine. One officer responds, back the fuck up. Another orders her to get in her car. Yeah, you can't do that. We do not know what would happen if that person would not have been videoing, says Carrie Jengen, 
uh, one of the worst mysterious attorneys. He dies. What would have happened? They would have said he he had a stroke. They would have lied. The fight was escalating with those officers. You hear the woman in the video yelling, whoever that is. I think she could have saved his life. Uh, DeMonte declined to get uh, into any specifics, emphasizing the case remains under investigation, but said the actions he saw in the video are not indicative of the Crawford County Sheriff's Department or any law enforcement agency in the area. I got news for you. If three of your officers are doing this, they're indicative of the Crawford County Sheriff's Department in your area. And because that's the culture that three of them thought was okay to engage in. So you may want to take a re-examination of that and not just say, that's not our culture. No, it clearly fucking is. And you need to get that under control. The deputies will be punished for what they did if they're found to be in violation of any rights. <laughs> kind of hard. You look at the fucking video. None of the officers were wearing a body camera, but the Mulberry officer had a dashboard camera in his squad car, which provided details on how the scuffle began, the sheriff said without elaborating. Two CNN senior law enforcement analysts say, judging solely from the video footage, the use of force appears excessive. Worcester is charged with second-degree battery, resisting arrest, possessing an instrument of crime, crime trespass, criminal mischief, terroristic threatening, and first- and second-degree assault, Arkansas State Police said. And this is where the argument goes in for everybody who's not going to want to admit that there's something wrong. Well, see, he shouldn't have done those things. You're right. He shouldn't have. No, he shouldn't have. But again... The police are not the jury. The police are there to restrain and remove and calm the situation. Not, and they did restrain they him. They did. And, and he was down on the ground and unable yep. to do anything additional. So he was restrained. Yeah. They did their job. And then, then they crossed the line. Exactly. So that's the fucking problem. It's not that this man shouldn't have been arrested. Yes, he clearly should have been arrested. And they should figure out what the fuck's going on. But you don't beat the shit out of the guy after you arrest him. Worcester allegedly uh, allegedly threatened a gas station clerk in a neighboring town, DeMonte told CNN and KHBS uh, when he was spotted in Mulberry. Worcester is uh, initially cooperative, but then tried to attack the officers, leading to the confrontation in the video. I guess he's lucky he didn't get shot. The suspect told officers he had a weapon, but the sheriff believes Worcester handed it over before the fight ensued, he told reporters Monday. So you already know. Wait a minute. So he had a weapon and, and then he handed it to them and they still proceeded to do this to him? That's what it appears. Worcester suffered multiple abrasions to his face, scrapes on his knee, scratches, a swollen right ear, and his eye gouged during the altercation with law enforcement officers. Lots of things happened to him that should not have happened during the altercation, Powell said. Worcester was released on $15,000 bail, Paul said. He had his bicycle with him as attorneys escorted him out of the detention center, and he gave no audible response to a reporter's question. He'll be staying with his family, the lawyers said. Uh, so this is going to end up, he's going to be fucking rich. <laughs> yeah. He's going to, he's going to be set up for the rest of his life. Um, one of the things that also bothers me about this story is what about body cameras? I mean, to me, that seems like a deterrent for not only the criminal, but for the police officer that I need to continue to remain law abiding because I'm being filmed constantly. You would think. Yeah. yeah. And it says that um, they did not wear body cameras. I and and maybe it's because they're a small department. Maybe they didn't have um, them. I, it doesn't say that they even had them. So I wonder if they just don't exist in that department. Um, but is it optional if you're a police officer and you have them? Is it like you can choose when to turn this thing on and off? Because that shouldn't be the case. It should yeah, be like, I don't know. It should be like an ankle bracelet if you're sentenced to use it. It's like you can't take it off when you choose. It's like this shit needs to stay on. 
there, there's no we're in a day and age where you know you have all the storage you need on these there's nothing wrong but then of course then you have all the body camera malfunctioned bullshit yeah we hear that quite a bit and i i have the utmost respect for the officers that are good that i've known yeah. when i worked at the vet clinic i used to work with a ton of the canine officers absolutely the most wonderful people i've ever met yeah. just amazing human beings and and then you see cases like this and yeah. like you said these are the things that we see and to me things like this make me fear the police Yes, I mean, you know, and it's not rocket science on how to get the PR turned around. I, yeah. I, I just, that's what gets me. Like, why? So, I mean, I get like this whole, like, you know, they protect each other. And that that's really not a great way of doing things uh, if somebody's doing something horrible. This is where people need to start calling this shit out, get rid of the bad ones, and then revive the image. I mean, if, if you have 99% of the officers that are good and decent human beings and 1% doing the shit, how about we call out the shit and stop protecting them? I mean, I know, yes, these are being prosecuted and this or that, but then they always come back with the statements like I read earlier. Of, this is not indicative of our department, blah, 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 bullshit. Bullshit. It is not that you three of them are doing this. It's a good chunk of your department uh, that seems to think this is okay. Let's fix that shit. And stop hiding behind and, and 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 sticking up for each other when they clearly bad things have happened. Uh, I'm just I'm sick of it because and, and I'm sick of it because there are good officers out there, and I'm sick of mm -hmm. everybody feeling that all oh, police are horrible human beings because they're not. Uh, but as long as departments continue to fucking get shady as shit and operate the way they used to, where they could kind of hide behind this or that, you can't do that anymore. No, you, you need to be transparent on this stuff. And do that. That's what the public is simply asking for. We're not asking you to not arrest criminals. We're just asking you not to do criminal behavior yourself. And and, and you know, if, the if other, it happens, the other thing to keep in mind too is that just like in any profession, you know who the shitty employees are. Yeah. You know, we knew that in radio. Yeah. Um, I've known that in other fields I've been in. We know who the fuck ups are. So why do we continue to allow them to be in our departments, in our, in our facilities? Why is yeah, that? I do not. Un I, that's what I don't understand. I don't understand why there's this constant, let's hide this person or let's hide that person, uh, their crimes or, uh, or, or, or lie for them. It, it's just, I don't get it. I, I don't understand because it just shoots themselves in the foot when, when this goes on. Yeah. And, and we, like I said, we all know who the crappy people are. You know, we cringe when we see them do certain things. Why do we continue to allow people like this in our police force and, you know, shitty people in other professions where we know things are going on? This, this probably was not the first time that these three did something that was questionable. Yeah. I, I just, I, I really would have a hard time believing that. I'd have to guess that, uh, yeah, that this was not the first time for any of them. Uh, a family of two women slain in uh, southeast Omaha says the grandson is responsible. This is what happens when you don't uh, give out enough uh, quarters when they ask to play arcade games when they're seven because this shit will happen later. A family of two women found dead Saturday in southeast Omaha uh, in the home. This is from the Omaha World Herald. So the women were killed by a man who is their grandson and 
great-grandson. Marceline Teeters, 93, and her daughter, Linda Walter, 70, were found dead inside their home in Omaha. Uh, They said it was the mother and the grandmother. Walter said he thinks his son, Gage Walter, 27, of Omaha, is responsible for the deaths. Gage Walter was arrested Sunday in Winterset, Iowa, after being pursued there in a stolen vehicle by the West Des Moines police. Gage Walter had been driving a PT Cruiser, taken from the scene, in Omaha, it's an interesting choice of vehicle to escape in. Right? Let's <laughs> really don't go that fast. An Omaha police spokesman said a spokesperson for the West Des Moines police said the PT Cruiser had been spotted in West Des Moines and officers pursued it to a church in Winterset where Gage Walter barricaded himself inside before surrendering. Do they still make PT Cruisers? Are those still a thing? I don't think so. I think the ones that you see are just the old ones. Yeah. He's a person of interest for us, Lieutenant Neil Bonacci said to the Omaha police, I can't say anything beyond that. Chris Walter said his son is mentally ill and has a long history of drug use. And looking at him, uh, I would agree. Yeah. Gage Walter was arrested from Sharpie County Jail three weeks ago, despite his father's warning to authorities that he was a danger to the community. Well, there you go. Well, that's frightening. Now, that's, if dad is saying that. Let's let him go. I told his attorney that Gage is going to hurt someone, Chris Walter said. Then he attacked and killed two people who loved him most in the world. I didn't know it was going to hurt them, but I knew it would be someone. So you got the dad screaming and saying, look, there's something wrong here. This is a massive breakdown in our system where it's like, well, until they commit the crime, they're going to commit the crime. They're going to fucking kill somebody. Well, you've got to get my rights. Gage Walter, his father said, had been in front of judges in Douglas, Sharpie, and uh, Pottawatomie counties 18 times. So there's 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 a good uh, history here. He said the charges included terroristic threats, assaults, and possession of methamphetamine. But we let people like this go. We're like, it's okay. You can go out there. This is where we need state hospitals because we used to lock these people up and, and in facilities that were necessarily prisons, but they were mental hospitals is what we used yeah. to call them. And, you know, or, or insane asylums, as we used to call them. But, you know, this guy, he's kind of the definition of insane. He fits. So there was a reason for that. And if that offends you or this or that, I'm sorry. He's fucking insane. And insane people do shit like this. So we used to have this thing where we would put them away so they didn't hurt others. But now we want to make sure that his feelings are good. So he's feeling really good about himself when he kills his family. In jail, they'd keep him in solitary confinement because he was so violent. Oh, great. Oh, God. Let's let him out. I yeah, told let's a, let him out. I told authorities that if you have to keep him in solitary, what do you think he's going to do when he gets out? Bravo oh, to the dad for calling their shit out. The, yep. de- the deaths of the two women were discovered about 3.15 p.m. Saturday. Omaha police said the disturbance occurred with someone yelling outside of the home, which led to a third party making the 911 call. Chris Walter said his mother and grandmother were amazing people. Linda Walter and her husband, Jim, celebrated their 50th anniversary in 2020. Mom loved her family more fiercely than any person I've ever known, he said. Mom spent most of the time with her husband, Jim, her children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and taking care of my grandmother. So you have the family sitting there pleading, saying, this person is not safe. Don't let him out. There's something wrong with him. He's going to hurt somebody. You can't get any more clear than that, but the family has no recourse because we let everything be up to the fucking patients that are out of their fucking minds. Yeah. You know, and and we scream, somebody in the family had to have known that this person yeah. was not right. This is an example. Bad. Yes. His 
freaking dad said this kid is not right. Please don't let him out. That's the thing. We that's the thing. Okay, does the family know? Yes, the family knows. They can't do anything because there's no system set up to handle these things. Everything is on the patient side when they're fucking crazy. Yep. You cannot put somebody into a mental health facility uh, without their uh, saying, yes, I, I, I attest, I, I will go do this. They can leave. They, they don't just get locked up anymore. And that's why you have all of these things, because we don't have those. The, the amount of uh, this is an interesting stat. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. But when you look at the statistics of when the Reagan administration actually shut down all of the state mental hospitals in the 80s, the homelessness rate and, and, and all of those rates skyrocketed. Yeah, because these people were not contained. And I don't know why we can't just admit to ourselves. It's not like this is we're discriminating or something. Why can't we just say, yeah, you know what? Some people are just, they're not mentally right. They're not, they don't want to be criminals. They're not trying to be criminals, but because their mind doesn't work right, they turn into criminals and there's no other way around it. So we have to put these people over here. It's not. Well, and there's, there's nothing wrong with yeah. it. I, as long as it's done properly, it's not yeah. that we should just you know, gather them all up and incarcerate them, no, especially just, if they haven't done anything wrong. Yeah. This guy is an exact example. Maybe he served his time, but he was a threat to the community. Oh. It, it, it's it's much more humane to have people like this in a facility where they're being cared for, where they're not going to do something like this than to say, oh, go out on the street, live your life. Good luck. They're going to yeah. kill other people. They're going to end up killing themselves or hurting others. That, that to me, is far more cruel than saying you're going to be in this facility. Is it the fucking Four Seasons? No. But you're not going to kill your family, and you're not going to be on drugs, and you're not going to do all this. You're going to have a, a, a better life in that sort of a situation than, than being out on the streets. Mm-hmm. But, Absolutely. But somehow we feel that, oh, they, 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 should be, they should be out doing whatever they want. They have those rights. No, I'm sorry. This is where the sane people need to go and say, sorry, um, you don't have those rights because you, you're not mentally there enough to make those sort of decisions for yourself. So we're going to well, help and, you and because we, we as care. a community also have the right to not be murdered by somebody <laughs> like this that we knew was a, a clear and present danger to yeah, people. Exactly. But nope, that's not how it's going to work. <laughs> so God. there you go. Another uh, lovely day there. Uh, in Omaha. So that's, uh, that's a good one. All right, you guys, thank you for uh, listening. That's going to wrap up today's episode of the program. If you like the show, be sure to uh, press subscribe wherever you download podcasts and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We do greatly appreciate it. Uh, until next time, for Stacy, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to True Crime Today. True Crime Today. Press subscribe wherever you download podcasts so you don't miss any of our full episodes, breaking news updates, and daily briefs from True Crime Today.